The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We've come to the last Friday in February and you know what they say, beware the Ides of March. But I'm not sure we need to wait that long to be honest. There's plenty to beware of today already. The Pope was taken ill yesterday after shaking hands with a load of people in Rome. 200 billion quid has been wiped off shares in one week. There's more coronavirus victims each and every day. And they're even talking about cancelling the Grand National. For heaven's sake, as if all that wasn't bad enough, we're hearing schools might have to close down for two months and even Glastonbury might be off as well. So Bad news for all those eco-planks. Uh, that'll upset them all. Currently marauding all over Bristol for the chance to catch a glimpse of eco-superstar Greta Thunderbird, who's encouraging a mass school strike to paralyse the city. If you're trying to get to work or even run a business in that city today, I want to hear from you. And I'll be asking a government minister as well, how come it's allowed to even happen, especially as the police have warned against it and said it might be unsafe? Meanwhile, uh, she's getting a police escort as if she was a member of the royal family. It's an absolute nonsense, isn't it? Uh, we'll be talking about the royal family, of course, as well. 03444991000. We'll be finding out just how much Harry and Meghan will be charging us for the privilege of uh, paying for their security detail now that Canadians have said they're not footing the bill anymore. And we'll be asking why the BBC has spent £28 million of licence fee money on 500 gagging orders on staff over the past few years. We're kicking things off as well uh, with a government minister talking about uh, a new spending plan to revitalise local railways. And since it's Friday... Well, we bring you another sparkling edition of the Perrier Awards. Con is back in the chair. You're listening to me and watching me live on YouTube right here on the fastest growing radio station in the world. It is, of course, Talk Radio. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. It is Friday. We have managed to reach uh, the end of another fantastic week here on the radio. Loads of you have been tuning in. Loads of you uh, have been adding the numbers to the list of listeners and viewers that we now have, watching us live on YouTube, listening to us on a variety of devices, whether it's on your app, whether it's on your phone, whether it's on your uh, smart speaker, whether indeed uh, it is actually on uh, just uh, online and uh, on the website, talkradio.co.uk. Before we do anything else, we're going to speak to Chris Heaton-Harris, We've got many stories to do today. Chris Heaton-Harris is Minister of State uh, for Transport. He's going to be talking to us about uh, the expansion that uh, this government wants to do uh, in local railways. But before we do any of that, we need to really talk about a couple of big stories this morning. I want to hear from all of you on it because coronavirus is still very much dominating the front pages. There's pictures of the Pope blowing his nose. I don't know whether the Pope has been tested for coronavirus. Nobody seems to know the answer to that. But he was taken ill yesterday in the Vatican, uh, exactly on the point which uh, he had finished taking hands with loads of people. Also, we're now being told that top sporting events are now under threat. We know, of course, already that the Six Nations game between Italy and Ireland has been cancelled, but what else What else is being cancelled is, of course, the, uh, the possibility that all football matches may have to go. It may well be that the Premier League is no more for a little while. It may well be that the Grand National doesn't actually happen, and it may, in fact, be uh, that uh, Glastonbury as well uh, gets cancelled. We've just seen lots of uh, people stopping touring the Far East. Stormzy was supposed to be touring the Far East. He's cancelled his tour. Green Day was supposed to be touring the Far East. They've also cancelled their tour. Uh, but also, of course, uh, what we have got is a kind of mad system in this country where certain things are allowed to happen when certain other things are not. So, for example, why cancel a rugby match when you allow a lot of eco-planks to converge on Bristol, shutting down the city from about 9am until 4.30pm this afternoon? All because Greta Thunderbird would like to somehow 
tell us all that there is a climate emergency going on and that for some reason we must all now stop doing what we're doing and we must all stop going to school and we must all stop talking to one another about everything apart from climate change. I'm not very happy about this and if you live in Bristol, I want to hear from you now. 0344 499-1000 is the number, because I'm sick to death, quite frankly, of being told by 17-year-olds, Julie Hartley-Bridges had one on the show, that we're going to be in a dire state in several years from now, that we're going to have no water, that we're going to have no food, that the earth is going to burn up, that parts of the earth are, in fact, not going to be habitable anymore. Where are they getting this information from? Where on earth are they getting it from? That's what I want to know. 0344 499 1000. Let's kick things off this morning, though, uh, with Chris Heaton-Harris, who's Minister of State for Transport. He's going to be talking to us about a whole new raft of railway lines that are going to be opening up so that people can get to various different parts of this country quicker, easier and cheaper, hopefully, uh, than they have been in the past. Chris, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning. Thanks so much. Now, before we start on this uh, quest to talk about the railways, I must ask you about the coronavirus situation because uh, obviously the government is watching it and having constant meetings about it, no doubt. But this morning, we're hearing about top sporting events possibly under threat. We're hearing that schools may have to shut down in uh, you know for as long as two months um, if things get any worse. I mean, it seems to be getting worse rather than better. How confident are you that the government is in control of this? Well, the government's got its plans for coronavirus without a, you know, without a shadow of doubt. There's been um, uh, COBRA meetings on it. The Public Health England are issuing daily updates. Again, the chief medical officer was on the uh, uh, airwaves yesterday. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually the, the medical advice is, is very straightforward. If you are uh, feeling unwell, call the NHS on 111. In, and if, you, um, you know, if you're going about your daily business, as I am today, make sure you wash your hands more regularly than you probably would. And, you know, it's, it's basic hygiene. And um, you know, it's, it's, this is a nasty virus. It's, it's spreading, but so far we've been able to track its roots into our country uh, at the very least. And we have all the measures that you'd expect a government to have and public health England to have um, ready to go. Yes, I, I understand all of that. But if, in fact, it gets to a point where schools have to shut down for two months at a time, uh, everything has to be cancelled, that changes things quite dramatically, doesn't it? You'd have to be, presumably, advising people not to travel. Yeah, but, uh, yeah well, I mean, the, the thing is about, about planning for um, emergencies is that you, plan, you, you make plans with the hope that you never have to realise Right. Um, and so, you know, uh, government behind the scenes on a daily basis is planning for all sorts of things that um, you, you hope and expect never to happen. But you and I, as um, ordinary punters, would expect our government to have plans, would have the funding in place to ensure that we've got all the right in information being delivered to people at the right times. Um, currently in our hospitals, there are uh, certain hospitals being, um, that have been making provision to uh, have anybody that might be infected go into uh, confinement with uh, within a hospital? You know, there's a, there's a whole host of things going on behind the scenes. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure there are, and I'm sure that there are things that you probably can't tell me. But I just want you to be able to re reassure the public because one of the problems um, that I have with with uh, all of this is that if there is a massive outbreak of it and people do have to be admitted to hospital in fairly large numbers, surely hospitals are the worst places for them to go because they'll infect the people who are the most vulnerable, who could then die. Yeah, I mean, so there's, there's, there's obviously stages to this. And uh, where we are at the moment, um, you know, hospital confinement is, is the best place for people when they have coronavirus. Uh, but it, it's, it is a remarkably horrible um, uh, virus that um, I, I, I'm, I'm no medic, but um, 
I think the best call, uh, best way to deal with uh, or to plan these things is through prevention. Prevention is way better than cure. And so the advice that government gives everybody all the time on a consistent and calm basis is just go about your business as you, as you would, because, uh, but take precautions like washing your hands, sneezing to tissues, sneezing to your, um, your, your elbow. Um, if, you, if you've got a cold, um, you know, throw away tissues straight away after using them and wash your hands. Very straightforward stuff like that will stop any spread of any virus and definitely stops the spread of coronavirus. Okay, let's get on to the matter at hand, uh, which is, of course, that in your role as Minister of State for Transport, uh, you're announcing today that there's £20 million going into uh, 124 stations across Britain, um, which are going to basically be improved, in some cases reopened. Um, most people listening to this will not remember the beaching uh, report in which loads of, sort of local railway stations uh, closed down. But tell us about it. Yeah, well, I, so I was just a twinkle in my, my parents' eye. My dad died at the time of the beaching cuts, but, you know, the, the um, rail just essentially went out of fashion, was losing tons of money back in the 60s, and Dr. Beeching came in and chose which lines to close and chose which line, uh, lines to keep open. Now, actually, um, in a country that wants to decarbonise and have much greener journeys, where, more, um, where actually privatisation has brought nearly double the number of people to our railways in the last um, 20 years. Our railways are unbelievably successful, although lots of people have gripes about different services and stuff, but they are unbelievably um, successful. And it's a fantastic way of connecting um, communities. And some of these lines that were closed in the 60s are now ripe for reopening. And we need also, if, you've got, if you're going to reopen lines for passengers, you need stations on them for people to get on and off. And so this, this fund is to essentially for disused railway stations, um, which have been emblematic of towns left behind before, for, for those to reopen. Yes. And, I mean, in specific areas, can you tell us where you're doing most of the work? Um, well, it's, I mean, obviously there's a spread across the whole country. The, the, the 20 million fund we're talking about, the new stations fund, is actually a fund that people fit into with um, places for new stations. So um, it's on top. It's kind of different, slightly to uh, the instruction you go for. It, but that's not a problem because that is still good money going into our railways to improve them. Um, it's part of the half a billion pounds there is on these. Uh, there is available for these beaching uh, reversals, and essentially we work with local authorities and the uh, local enterprise partnerships, businesses, local camp, uh, local groups. Um, who also provide some of the funding. So, so we get, as taxpayers, the best value for this. And so they've been opened. Um, this is the third uh, round of this funding that we've had, and they've been open east to west across the whole country, north to south. Um, one that, I, um, that I, I'm visiting um, is Ilkeston today, um, where I'm in my little Volkswagen up in the railway uh, car park um, in the rain, sleet and a bit of snow <laughs> uh, at, at the moment. Um, but there's one um, high corner um, in, in Wales which um, opened a, few, a couple of years back and now has 125,000 people go through each year. So, yes. so these are very successful things. And speaking of the weather, and I know this might sound a bit trite, but an awful lot of sort of rural railway stations could do with a shelter if nothing else, if they haven't got a waiting room, which I know a lot of them don't have, you know, they could do with somewhere they can, that you can actually stand under when it's pouring. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really 100% some of these improvements that, some, that we're paying for do exactly that. But uh, uh, here at Elkinson Station, like, there's a group, I can see the welcoming group uh, for me, and there is a, there is a little platform, uh, platform shelter just to the left of them, but they're standing out there in the rain, bless them. So I hear exactly what you're saying, and the 20 people that are there with some school kids waiting for me now are... Um, yeah, 
Well, thank goodness they're there and they're not in Bristol taking part in the school strike because just before I let you go, I want to ask you about Greta Thunberg's visit to Bristol today. The police have already warned some parents that, you know, it might not be a great idea to actually go along to this uh, demonstration because it might not be that safe. Uh, the organisers have said that they think it's safe enough, but the weather's not that great, so that might be on, on the side of, uh, of caution, I suppose. But, I mean, is it right that we allow somebody to come here from another country to take children out of school where they should be learning about climate change rather than actually just, you know, having a, a bunk-off day um, and completely bring an entire city to a standstill? Um, so it's absolutely right that people should be allowed to travel to our country, yes. Um, and we, we, we What, to cause demonstrations? And we, yeah, and we believe in freedom of speech. So Greta Thunberg is more, is, is more than welcome to... Um, well, you've blocked people from coming here before, despite freedom of speech, haven't you? In a, yeah, it depends. What I mean, we don't want people spreading hate uh, or rights. Or, or, but at the end of the day, uh, it's a school day, and um, the best place for uh, kids to be in, on a school day is in school. Um, and that, that's where you get the education. That's where the great ideas that are going to solve the problem that she's talking about um, will come from, the next generation of brilliant scientists, um, and they need educating. Well, they really do. And why can't they have a demonstration on a Saturday? Um, Oh, you'll have to ask that then. I'm, I'm uh, not quite in... Uh, I, my, my school days are so far behind me, I'm not quite... Yeah, in. I know. But you are in the government, Chris, and the point is is that, you know, if I was living in Bristol and working in Bristol and trying to get to a hospital in Bristol today or trying to visit somebody sick today, I can't get around the city uh, because of this ridiculous demonstration, which is entirely organised by Greta Thunderbird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm afraid... Well, it's not so entirely organised for her. It's a Bristol act, um, climate action group. But at the, end of the, at the end of the day, we believe in peaceful protest in this country. I, I, I disagree with people coming out of school to, uh, to do it as you would, ex you would expect me to. Um, Shouldn't they be fined I, for I, truancy, I, I'm not, then? I'm, not, I'm afraid I'm not, I'm not in, um, in Bristol, so I don't know what the extent of uh, the, uh, this is and how big it's going to be. Um, but shouldn't the schools be fining these kids rather than encouraging them to do it? Um, no, schools should be insisting that, uh, uh, that students turn up for lessons. That's absolutely uh, true. Um, but um, I, I don't know how schools are going to react in Bristol to this, so I, can't, I honestly can't comment. OK. Chris, thank you very much indeed. Minister of State for Transport can't comment about a climate change demonstration uh, in Bristol, uh, which is holding up all the transport in that city. Interesting times in which we live. I want to hear from you on this one, because I'm sick to death of Greta Thunberg. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Don't forget, we are also live streaming this on uh, YouTube. So go to YouTube, like it, subscribe to it, and you will get all the other great stuff that we're doing on YouTube currently at the moment as well. Uh, let's talk to Mark, who's in Bristol. Uh, he's got something to say about Greta's visit. Hello, Mark. Uh, good morning, Mike. Good morning, sir. Okay. What can I do for you? Well, it's currently seven degrees in Bristol and absolutely um, pouring with rain. <laughs> Tipping it down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it's uh, it's getting really really wet, and uh, I mean there's organised classes of kids going to this, uh, shall we say, protest today. A mass gathering where all the coughing, sneezing, uh, screaming kids will be all over the place, shouting at how 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 dead the planet is. Right? And how we're oh, absolutely ridiculous. How dare you? Yeah, well, yeah, I know. Well, 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 think about it. They're all going to go home to their, you know, to the grandparents who's going to be looking after them because yeah. the parents, parents are going to be at work, obviously. So they're going to be going, you know, passing on all the coronavirus, shall we say, yeah. to all the grandparents. Well, they've probably all been on skiing trips as well, haven't they? So they've probably all been to Northern Italy, darling, you know, to get the old skiing trips in. But the point is, what, what I've seen on TV so far, Mark, it doesn't look that busy. It doesn't look like too many of them have turned out in the rain. Well, it's not. It's not that busy because most of them are under the shelter. Around the back of College Green, there's um, there's a big uh, a big car park area, and there's a lot of them are all in that area. Current one where they were earlier this morning, right? Because the the police didn't all put all the all the barriers up until about half past six, seven o'clock this morning. Yeah. The road who's off? paying for all the police, by the way? Who's paying? She's apparently getting a police escort. Is old Greta? So who's paying for all that? You guys? I, I suspect uh, our our. Well, I don't call him our mayor. He's our nightmare. Yes, in, in that's a good word for him. This is the same guy, isn't it, who wants to uh, ban diesel cars and, and trucks from uh, the city. Yes, after he, he bought a fleet of uh, diesel uh, um, cancel. That's right. You yeah. t- in fact, you told me about this. You're a courier, aren't you? I am a courier, yes. And I was I was lied to by the police this morning as I tried to get into... The, I, I've got contracts with Royal Mail. Right. Uh, I actually work for Royal Mail same day, where we actually deliver mail the same day mm. and I pick it up from uh, one of the depots and I take it into two places into town and they would and this morning they would not go through the barrier to deliver the mail and he, I was told to go round and across Bristol Bridge to go that way because that way was open that's and shocking when I got isn't it? there and when I got there and it's a massive queues as you can imagine when I got there yeah blocked off wouldn't allow to go over there either there's one way there's one way in and out of the centre not, not even the centre. There's one way in and out of Bristol in order to deliver anything, and there's no courier work going on whatsoever in Bristol. Everyone's virtually virtually stopped. Right. Uh, you know, and, and we're just trying to earn a living, and we we can't now because of 
That's uh, disgraceful. That is disgraceful. I mean, people are all getting hot up about, you know, people who are complaining about Greta. Well, try doing some work in Bristol uh, and telling me that because you can't work, you're happy about it. That's absolutely shocking. Mark, listen, I hope your day improves uh, and I hope you can manage to get some work done. But that is absolutely, for me, an absolute and utter no-no. And don't forget, the local people of Bristol will no doubt be shelling out for the uh, police protection which is being afforded to Greta Thunderbird and all of the people who are on the march, so-called. Let's talk to Paul. Uh, who's in Wolverhampton. Hello, Paul. Hello, Mike. How are you doing, How are you? Yeah, very well. What can, I, you, what can I, you tell I, me? I wouldn't would be living the dream if uh, the kids in school would be at... Uh, kids in Bristol would be at school. Um, right, I'm a commercial gas engineer. Right. And we've got a call-out to a care home in the middle of uh, Bristol. Right. And I've just spent now three and a half hours trying to get into this because the police won't let me through. Right. Now, this care home is an end of life. Right. Their average age is between 60 to 90 years old. Right. They've got no heating and no hot water. Dear me. So I can't get in to do my job to, to get them back onto... Uh, and this is and this isn't the first time this has mm. happened. I had it happen to me uh, when that uh, Extinction Rebellion had their London one. Oh, yes. And uh, I had the same situation there where we were, we were stopped from getting through. Mm. And I've just had some kids to say to me, I'm a disgrace to drive around in a van killing the planet. And I, 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 I had to keep my, t my, my tone because at the end of the day, kids these days, you can't say anything to no. them if you get... Uh, but, it, but there's I, such I, ignorance I, out there. I mean, they're so ignorant about the truth and the way that life is. And I think the reason for that, you know what, uh, Paul, is they're so well-heeled, they're so cosseted from reality. They don't know anything about the real world. No. They don't. And I'll tell you something, I was listening to Julie Hartley Brewer when she had that uh, girl from the... Yeah. Uh, Cause, and I could not believe how stuck up she was when Julie asked her the question, mm. is your family in a position to be able to afford electric cars and this, that and the other? Yeah. And she went, well, yes, I am. Yeah. Well, that's all very well for her, but, you know, you've got the kids that are in the poverty and their parents, right. they can't afford all these electric cars and going green. No. And, and to be honest with you, it's an absolute disgrace. And ordinary people like yourself and, and our earlier caller as well, uh, who was saying he can't do his job and he can't make any money as a courier today because he can't get anywhere, it's nonsensical to me. I think it's, it's verging on criminal. Well, the other thing is the impact that you know, they don't actually understand is how many million... Uh, gas engineers have we got in this country? Yeah. If all of a sudden there was no gas boilers to fix or any gas mines to work on, would would be out of a job. I know. Oh, but don't worry because you'll be saving the planet. You know that's fine, not a problem. Well, it's incredible, yeah, isn't it? It's quite incredible, Paul. Thank you for your call. Paul's been waiting three and a half hours in traffic because he can't get to a care home which is caring for people who are sick, people who are dying who haven't got any hot water and who haven't got any electricity. So if you're currently the parent of one of these kids on this climate protest, you should get them on the phone because they'll all have their little iPhones, I'm sure, fully charged, uh, walking around Bristol in the rain. You tell them to stop immediately. You let this guy, Paul, do his job and get some new um, uh, and improved help to these poor people who are sitting around waiting literally for their lives to end in the cold. I hope you're proud of yourselves. Let's talk to Ben, uh, who's in Bristol. Hello, Ben. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? What can you tell me? Uh, I'm just a normal working-class person from Bristol, and yeah. uh, to be quite honest, we're getting fed up of it. Every every other month, we've got Extinction Rebellion, uh, kids protesting. Yeah. They never protest on a weekend, funny enough. No, of course not. Um, 
but we're just fed up of it. Like when we had the Extinction Rebellion protest in Bristol, uh, half of them weren't even from Bristol. All the arrests and stuff. When you've seen the list come in the local paper, yeah. none of them are from Bristol. Like it's like, so how are they getting here? They're, they're coming in their trucks. Oh, they're being busted, busted, no doubt. I'm sure. I'm, yeah, it's just just people Bristol are just getting fed up of it. Like, Bristol's the, one of the worst places to drive around anyway. I drive around to different cities in the country. London and Bristol are terrible. Yes. And, as soon as you get a little bit of um, traffic build up, the whole city just comes to a standstill. Well, I'm quite lucky today. I've, I've got out of the city and I've gone fishing for the weekend, but um, just to get away from them. Yeah, I know. But why has Bristol kind of become a magnet for all these planks? Because we've got, um, well, we, we call it the People's Republic of Stokes Croft, which is... Uh, <laughs> Which is just a bunch of woke people, and it's just—it's just Bristol's so hippified. You've got people living in caravans and with graffiti all over them. Like, like it's just—it just looks vile. It's just like get a grip. Like, just yeah, we're just fed up with it. Yeah, but, can you but, not vote everyone, these people out? You can we not have a sort of proper people's rebellion and actually vote out the woke uh, idiots? It's it's hard because all these woke idiots are moving in from outside of Bristol and taking over. Like us normal Bristolians are just getting pushed out and pushed out. So, because they're all moving in, that's why high prices are so steep in Bristol. It's because everyone wants to come here, and you see, you see on like the um, local papers, um, message boards and stuff, like university students um, saying, "Oh, they chose Bristol because of all the protests we have." It's just disgraceful. It really is absolutely unbelievable, Ben. Thanks very much indeed uh, for your uh, for your kind words there. And people in Bristol are fed up. Uh, they just can't stand why it is that their city has been turned into this kind of green paradise, which welcomes not only uh, loads and loads of Extinction Rebellion types, but also welcomes along uh, anyone uh, who wants to change the climate, anyone who thinks that they're middle class enough to get a lift into Bristol from somewhere else, um, because in fact they are the ones that know better than everybody else what is going on. They're not scientists. You know, we've got Hugh Fernley Whittingstall, who incidentally apparently used to have a, a restaurant in Bristol until uh, January. Uh, he's now closed it down due to what he calls challenging conditions or uh, by uh, any other means nobody wanted to eat there maybe because it wasn't very good here's a nice um uh, person who's on twitter reacting to me saying that he's a bit of a plank for going to this thing uh helen who believe it or not by great surprise has got a spider and a globe next to her uh, twitter um, um, thing she says that she uh, is hashtag fbpe hashtag climate justice hashtag human rights hashtag rejoin eu hashtag forever european Hashtag I am European. Hashtag yes to Europe. I think you've got a bit of a one-track mind, Helen. She says, uh, another middle-aged white bloke, uh, me presumably, threatened by a confident teenage girl. It's pathetic how fragile their little egos are. Well, Helen, as you would have seen that I've responded to you, it's nothing to do with my ego. It is all to do with Greta Thunderbird's ego uh, and your rather ridiculous and pointless life, uh, which in fact is obsessed with something which is a construct which didn't exist until you invented it, which you now think you are somehow a member of. And this is my... My answer to your tweet why don't you tell that to the people who are dying in the cold because a gas engineer can't get to their care home because of this demonstration i hope you're proud of yourself helen you and your whole motley collection of climate striking maniacs but now i'll tell you what we're going to do because we might not even get to june the 31st at this point because of coronavirus front pages saying top sports events under threat from coronavirus and this is all coming from uh, the chief medical officer of this country he's saying that schools may have to be closed for two months to slow the spread of coronavirus they may have to take out of play the grand national uh, it may be that premier league football matches are stopped it may be that all football matches are stopped it may well be even that glastonbury doesn't take place for heaven's sake what's going to happen to all those bbc people 
who go to all these things. Georgie Frost is here with us, uh, who is, of course, a finance and sports journalist, also uh, on the Times Money Mentor team as well. Georgie, very good morning to you. A very good morning to you. Now, this is going to ruin your summer, isn't it? If there's no horse racing, no football, you know, no Glasto, what's going to happen? Uh, yes, indeed. Um, no Olympics, potentially. Yeah. Um, this is, I'll, I'll say this first before I say anything else. This is obviously a moving situation. This is changing yes. every day and many times a day. But at the moment, this is what we know, that we've already had a lot of high-profile sporting events that have been cancelled. A lot of them are being watched very closely. We have the Olympic Games coming up in Tokyo, of course. Mm. Let's talk about Dick Pound, the senior member of the IOC, saying this week that um, it would be more likely to be cancelled rather than postponed. Yeah. If it's postponed, bearing in mind the knock-on effect of all of these things and the cost that this would be, not just to us going out there, if you booked um, trips to go out, not just to that, but perhaps you've booked a trip to go and watch um, Ireland against Italy, yeah. which is has been cancelled for the Six Nations, then this is obviously going to impact your pocket, but it's going to impact the pockets of many, many other businesses as well. Of course. Well, I was thinking about, I mean, if it got to the point, and, and, and as you say, it's a moving sort of uh, story at the moment, and we're not quite sure, and obviously much of this might be worst-case scenario, but if they were to cancel Premier League football, um, you know, there's a presumably a knock-on effect onto some of the clubs which not necessarily... I mean, obviously, football is, is a massive multi-million pound business, but there will, there will be some clubs in the Premier League who, re, who sort of rely to an extent on their gate receipts to, to enable their day-to-day -day business to go on, won't there? There are so many moving parts to this. I think the best example to use would be if there's an issue with uh, the Tokyo Olympics in Japan. And bearing in mind how much they've spent, $25 billion on this. But you've got to remember as well, they've got a load of sponsors the gold sponsors that they've got that mm. have been paying $100 million. What's going to happen to them? Yeah. Also, broadcasting rights, gate receipts as well. They're suggesting that it's going to hit Japan's GDP, a country which is already deemed at risk of entering technical recession anyway, by 0.8 percentage points on an annualised basis. So this could hit the impact, and this is bringing it back to the Premier League, not just individual clubs with gate receipts, sponsorships, etc., broadcasting rights. It's going to impact the broadcasters. It's also going to impact on the fact that we have a lot of people going to the games, to the areas, sports, tourism. I, myself, next week um, was going to go, actually, uh, to, to the Ireland game, um, but I, I'm going to Germany instead to okay. watch a couple of Bundesliga matches. Now, as it stands, and this is where we have to be um, really vigilant, we Please double-check, you know, what are the foreign foreign office's recommendations about where to travel, and, yeah. and Germany is not on there at the moment. So hopefully there'll be no impact there. But, you know, anyone who's got trips planned, you're going to be worried on an individual basis as that's a lot of money you're paying yeah. to travel well, out Well, I mean, there, we've, we've had calls... Yeah, we've, we've had calls from people in the past month. You know, there was a, a, a couple who were going to have the sort of trip of a lifetime retirement couple flying to uh, Singapore to get on a cruise ship that was going to cruise around uh, the Southeast Asian sort of, uh, you know, Galapagos Islands or whatever. And basically, they don't know what to do because they're being told... Base, unless the Foreign and Commonwealth Office are telling you not to travel to a particular place, you won't be able to get any refunds. Similarly, somebody yesterday told us they're going to Tenerife, big family holiday, but booked yeah. for over a year. They're, they're being told they basically have to go or else they'll lose their money. And I, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, even I'm kind of, and I'm not particularly frightened of getting the coronavirus itself, but what I am nervous about doing is booking any kind of travel in case it turns out that I can't go. 
Right, so this is exactly right. While we, and I don't want to diminish this, your view about coronavirus and, and how impactful it will be on your life is really up to you. But yeah. the, the reality is exactly right. If you're very calm and relaxed about going to Italy or whatever, or to Tenerife, as you pointed out there, other people won't be. And that's the reality. And, and, and you know, British Airways, EasyJet, a lot of flight companies, as you would expect, have already started to, I mean, they'll be impacted by this very badly, but they've already started to, to reduce the number of flights to certain areas. And, uh, you know, you may be able to get some compensation back on that. But then you think, well, what is the point of me booking in the first place? And if that is the attitude, then they're going to put even more, fly, uh, even fewer flights on. Yeah. So it's a vicious circle of even if you're not particularly concerned about it and that's your choice, um, other people will be and this could impact on, on your future plans and that will inevitably impact on whether people decide to go away. The advice, you're absolutely right. Look at what the Foreign Commonwealth Office is saying at the moment. First and foremost, I'd say on an individual level, get travel insurance. If you don't have travel insurance and you've got a holiday, get it as soon as you buy or get it now before any sort of warnings come into place about the Foreign and Commonwealth Office because otherwise it will be meaningless. If you travel to a place which then subsequently does get a warning put in place, um, your insurance may not be valid and you do need to. A lot of them won't pay out in certain circumstances because, of course, you know, this is viewed to be something outside of their control. Mm. But do double-check your policy. It's get travel insurance, on a, like I said, on a personal level. There will be companies going back to the wider issue of the Tokyo Olympics or Premier League clubs. They will have insurance in this. But just to bear in mind that that insurance will probably be a fraction of what they have already paid out. We're talking about Japan and the Olympics, $25 billion that they've spent on this. Average sort of insurance, I think, that we're looking at is probably about $1.5 billion. That is a huge, huge missing part yeah. that they will have to pay. The 2018 World Cup was insured for $1.5 billion. Right. So, you know, and I mean, looking at the stock market, so we were going to be told that today might be known as Free Fall Friday because yeah. we've already lost something like, uh, what, $200 billion off the share prices uh, in the markets in London alone. Um, how's it going today? I'm looking at uh, a tracker which tells me that uh, the FT100 uh, is losing further value. Um, yeah. So it could be their worst week since 2008. Yep, no, absolutely, it could be. We've seen a 15% drop, I think, since uh, mid-January, 12% coming in this week. Uh, it's an interesting one. I think it's more of a perfect storm with the market because they always say a, a bull run um, doesn't die of natural causes. Something happens. So, you know, the, the global stock markets have been doing very well. Some people perhaps thinking some are overpriced. You know, something is going to, an event will happen in which it will then fall. Is this the event? Has it fallen as far as it can go? Well, I'm, I'm you know, no crystal ball gazer. I don't know the answer to that. But it does seem almost sort of perfect storm that, and this is where the law of unintended consequences, you may not be particularly worried, but there are other people that are worried. Mm. And we're hearing a load of businesses from, all, I mean, obviously you'd expect the airline companies to talk about it, but lots of businesses coming out and saying why they're expecting this to hit their production, for example. And, and you will expect that, I imagine, across the board with businesses because this is impacting everyone and you're seeing that in the stock market fall. But it did, you know, as I said, this does seem to be an inevitability. It looked like uh, at some stage uh, it would have it would have fallen. It, this looks potentially to be 
uh, I guess, the straw that both mm. the camels back. But how far it's got to fall is, is anybody... Oh, I know. Get. And he don't get me wrong, Georgie, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not worried. I'm just saying that I'm not particularly concerned physically about the, the virus itself. Yeah. But but I'm certainly yeah. worried about the, the knock-on effects of it and, and what the economy exactly. is going to perform like and all of those things and, and the travel business and everything else. So so it's something to, to, to be concerned about for sure. Georgie, listen, thanks very much indeed. We'll see you soon. Georgie Frost, finance and sports journalist there, telling us uh, all about the plans afoot that the government have because it may well be um, that an awful lot of stuff coming up over the course of the next few weeks and months as sporting um, engagements go and as and as big sort of meetings go, might just be cancelled. But I'm going to talk to Paul now, who's in Pulborough in West Sussex, because he wants to talk about Crufts, which I think uh, is coming up next week. Paul, very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. Thanks very much for joining us. Crufts. Interesting discussion. Um, yes, Crufts, 5th of March. Mm. Uh, 160,000 people attending, bringing their pooches from all corners of Europe and further afield. And you think to yourself... Does that make a lot of sense? Yes. Um, when the Swiss are stopping uh, meetings of more than a thousand people occurring, uh, should we be running that event? Should we be running the Cheltenham Festival with 260,000 people right. set to come in less than 11 days? And a lot of people um, coming, I presume, from, from uh, lots of different countries, including Ireland, including the Middle East. You know, I mean, it's a massive uh, event that, that, that attracts people from all, over, all around the globe. It's a great sporting event, if you've ever been to it. I have. Uh, I thoroughly recommend it. Um, but, uh, you know, you do think to yourself, are we being sensible? Should we be postponing this? Uh, there's probably four months in the year where you couldn't run it. Otherwise, you know, push it on a bit. Right. Um, it just and, and the same with crafts, the same with any of these big events. I mean, I think I'm right in saying the Italians have even been playing football matches to empty stadiums. Yes. They don't, they don't want to run the risk. Um, we just need to be a little bit less... Uh, lethargic in our approach i think um, nip it in the bud yes no i think you're absolutely right but it may be too late for that you see that's the problem i mean for example all of the uh, the schools and i include my own children's school in this um decided on tuesday after all the people had come back from italy and been in the school for two days to send them home when in fact what they should have done was not let them back in on the monday well, precisely but they do need some guidance they need they need somebody you know in government saying you know this has to happen. Yeah. There isn't a choice in the matter. Yes, absolutely. Um, anyway. I, I think you're absolutely right, Paul. Thanks very much indeed. Yeah, so Crufts is going to go ahead, uh, and that's why things, I think, for a lot of people are a little bit confusing. Uh, also, the Perry Awards coming up with Con. First of all, though, Yasmin uh, is in Surrey waiting patiently. He wants to talk about Megan and Harry. Hello, Yasmin. Yes, hello, Mike. So oh. good to speak with you. Yes, thank you. What would you like to say? Well, it has been reported from comments via the Daily Mail many, many months ago that the actual Fogmore Cottage refurbishment cost up um, eight point something million yes. and not the two point oh, really? okay. VAT being reported mm. because and when you think about it, it doesn't take that much money. It costs at least some, maybe 700000 to do a proper refurbishment for the average person, but here we're talking about Prince Harry and uh, Meghan. Now, um, I wonder, it will... President Trump want them in North America mm. with all their protection. He's problem. I can't see him asking them to come to any events, having been snubbed so badly. And uh, in, in um, earlier this earlier last year, uh, right. mid, mid last year. Um, but, but also, 
um, when it comes to all this protection, I don't know if they really need much protection. I mean, who really cares about them anymore? Well, that's I mean, true. I mean I, know, I, I mean, I didn't care before. No, exactly right. I mean, the thing is, there are people saying that, well, because he was in the military, there might be terrorists who might want to take him out and have a pop at him and all of that. And, you know, but he certainly doesn't require any more protection than, say, most celebrities who would come here uh, as a general, you know, maybe George Clooney. He means the same amount of protection as George Clooney, you know? Mm. Well, less. Yeah, I take it you don't want to pay for it either. Not a penny. No. In fact, I would like Frogmore Cottage to be taken back and given back to the staff who were originally living there, mm. um, if you no, know, if necessary. I mean, God, that's a bit of a joke, but anyway. Yes, um, I think. Well, I think the Queen has taken it back, so supposedly uh, it is back into her sort of uh, into her uh, under her umbrella, if you like. Yes, could be. Could which be. which is good. Are, this is really important that the Queen and the, the family do get this right. This is their chance to actually make a, big, a few big changes. Instead of us thinking it's terrible, the end of the monarchy, we could be thinking, right, if they do this correctly with William and Kate, then it could really go well. And we could say goodbye to Meghan, who, who has helped bring Harry. It's, Harry has helped himself go down. He's never actually, as far as I've been watching him over the years, he has always been undisciplined. Mm. People have protected him. Charles was never strict with him, and um, maybe through guilt. And Harry has been allowed to get away with far too much. And I, when I look at him, I don't like watching him. I don't like looking at his face. I don't think he's an attractive person. I don't know how Megan can sleep with him even. You know, I, and, and that baby... Looks like a plastic doll when I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm I mean, not tell us what you really think, Jasmine. Seriously, Mike. No, Mike, I'm serious. Yeah, I know. I think it was. I think it was a plastic doll. Well, you think they haven't actually used the real baby? Well, I don't know about that. No, I don't think she did for that. Mm. Because it didn't look normal to have a baby. Yes. Well, I must admit, happened. yeah, I mean, certainly that picture of her carrying the baby was quite weird. But, Yasmin, listen, thank you very much for your call. Yasmin's not keen on Harry and Meghan, doesn't want to pay for them, uh, and, in fact, is not even absolutely certain we've ever seen the baby properly. Uh, well, uh, you can't really say much about that. But what I can tell you is this. It is Friday. Uh, it is coming up to 12.37, and it's time for this. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Perrier Awards. Well, you'd have to say it's a pretty good way into the Perrier Awards. Uh, this is some of the things Yasmin <laughs> had to say. Uh, late entry there. Uh, Card is here, as you can hear, uh, with uh, a fistful of information uh, from the week's uh, doings because, of course, uh, we haven't made that many mistakes uh, this week. But I was told by Marta yesterday that that was what the reason we hadn't made too many mistakes was because you weren't here for a lot of the yeah week. i've been off you have been off but uh, you're back now i'm back which now. is the main thing yes have you fully read in though is what i would say well uh I, I'll, yeah, are you familiar much, with uh, what you're about to do i've listened to how many hours of audio so i was off tw all 12 hours of the show have that you? i missed yeah, really? i listened to, uh, well not uh, i don't believe that uh, yeah while i was sleeping Last yes. night, I had it on. Subliminally so, listening is always yeah, good, because yeah. it still uh, counts in the old diary. Exactly, Quite so right. uh, hopefully it's all gone in. So welcome to the Perry Awards. Thank you. This is where we go back over the past week mm. of the so-called so Independent called. Republic of That's Mike it. Graham and choose our favourite moments. And I would like to say thank you to Marta, uh, who in my asthma, uh, absence right. has... 
uh, put these Asthma. clips together. Is that what it was? <laughs> no. Uh, but she can't be here to present them herself. No. Uh, it would be easy to joke that she's gone on climate strike, but I've just thought we'd tell the listeners. She's gone on climate strike by truth. getting on a plane. Yeah, yeah. She's actually uh, she's uh, gone to mainland Europe uh, yes. for the weekend to single fight, uh, single handedly fight Corona. I'm glad you prepared this as, as you normally talk. would do. <laughs> um, should we just begin? Uh, as Go it on. is tradition, mm. Mike, uh, we begin with you, and Good. where better to start than the Opener of the week. I'm not going to start this hour in the way that I would normally start it. Normally I would say, good morning and welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. But I've just spotted what the actual headline says on the front of the Daily Mail. And do you know what it says? NHS braces for virus mayhem. <laughs> I mean, for God's sake, guys, it's really not that bad. It's not, is it? Could Martin not find an alarm sound for you, or is it I didn't ask off for the one. top of the head? Well, I mean, off the top of the head is always better, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. Um, it's always nice when guests give the station a big up. Uh, Lord, Chartney, Lord Charlie Faulkner. Yes. Uh, George Chutney, <laughs> as we've known. The <laughs> week's period for compliment of the week. As far as the BBC is concerned, it is the strongest and most respected news gathering and news reporting organisation in the world. We mean after talk radio. Oh, well, obviously after the <laughs> and obviously after the Independent Republic of mm. Mike Graham. You see, you know, I always say to you, why don't we make this stuff into like trails and things? We, we never do. No, we don't. People say that a lot, you know. Really? About they give Pe- us people are lots of say- oh, okay, yeah, so they like the show. Mm. Yeah, I know, I yeah. hear it. Yeah, of can you not they put do. it into some kind of package? Uh, yeah, someone could. I know yeah, that absolutely. would involve doing some work after the yeah, show's over. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I've yeah. got to actually run off today. Yeah. Uh, now, How one surprising. from earlier today, uh, our roaming reporter Alex Dibble, live from Bristol, wins Weatherman of the Week. The people who are planning to be here feel so strongly about the cause that a little bit of drain and rizzle. Uh, drain and rizzle. Drain and You've made yourself onto the periers on the very day that we're doing them. Well done. Isn't that? Um, it sounds like a dub band, doesn't it? Drain and rizzle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd go. I saw him at Glastonbury. Yeah, I think actually. you probably yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. West Holt stage. Drain and rizzle. Good. And also Bristol, of course, is known as Brizzle. Brizzle. Yeah, yeah, about, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe he was affected by the burr. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of them now. Yes. Uh, now it's not a secret that a proud parent will use any excuse to discuss their successful offspring, but this is a first. Jenny in High Wycombe rang a national radio station to talk about climate change, apparently, and she won the Perrier for proudest parent. I'd like to talk to you about hydrogen energy because my daughter works in it, actually. Does she? Okay. She works, yeah, she works. Um, she has graduated from Oxford with a first class uh, from, from Oxford. Well done. 2015. Yeah, I know. She's a bright girl. <laughs> Very bright girl. Very bright Very girl. Proud. Listen, Fair there's play. nothing wrong with being proud no, of your children. of course not. Of nothing course wrong not. at all in that. No. Well be, done, Jenny. Yeah, congratulations. Don't listen to him. Uh, professional <laughs> Scottish man now, Donald MacLeod. Oh, yes. Of uh, the clan MacLeod. Yeah. Uh, he wins a perrier for the noise of the week. We've been invaded by the Scots. Donald uh, MacLeod is here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, he's here not only representing <laughs> Scotland. Now, can you mind not blowing that? We'll have to have you rejected from the building. See, he brought his own sound effects with him. Oh, I thought that was just a Scottish accent. Well, yeah, it was that as well. Oh, but, okay. uh, you know. <laughs> Why did he have that with him? I don't know. Search me. He carries a lot of weird stuff around him. <laughs> uh, over to the breakfast show now. Yes. In the studio was occasional talk radio presenter, who, by the way, is looking for an invite to the National Kebab Awards mm. on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Andre Walker. He wins Confession of the Week. I have been guilty of sending the odd text when I'm on the toilet. Hey. I heard that and I thought, that's not what I need to know at 7.30 no. in the morning. No, Thanks anyway. Not a surprise, though. Uh, now, over to Dr. David Lloyd. Yes. Uh, no relation to the gym chain. Uh, 
that I know of. Uh, he He's wins. A tennis player, isn't he? David Lloyd? Yeah. I didn't know that. You didn't know uh, that. No, I don't work for TalkSport. He wins Impression of the Week for his take on Dame Edna Etheridge. We're in the so-called containment phase at the moment where we're trying really yeah, hard. It's not going very well, though, is it, the containment <laughs> phase? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's going everywhere. I'm not, I can't possibly comment. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the most unusual high voices I think I've ever heard. Most That's unexpected. Oh, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Now, now, fortunately, due to the tyrannical nature of the independent Republic, mm. it's uh, very unlikely, Mike, that you would ever win Plank of the Week. It is unlikely. Uh, yes, however, for this, you should probably win. So instead, you'll get the Fail of the Week. Do you know what I did? I did something really stupid on the, on the, on the morning after uh, because I didn't watch it, I didn't stay up, right? So I went on um, YouTube and found it and started watching it um, and thought, yeah, this is great. I didn't know you could do this. I said, so, so soon afterwards, right? And it got to the, eight, the seventh round. And, um, and it got to the end of the seventh round, and I thought it was a bit strange. I thought he lost in the seventh round. I realised I was watching last year's fight. But <laughs> 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 I watched eight rounds of it before working out that it was the wrong fight. I mean, we're talking about Tyson Fury's fight, right? But yeah. it's, it's easily done that, you know. <laughs> I can imagine, but it is a really funny, stupid mistake. It well is. done. Thank you. And we started with the opener of the week, so it makes sense to end with the goodbye of the week, which, of course, was won by you, Mike. Danielle, so much uh, thanks for you coming on. Yeah. Well, do you know, there are words sometimes that don't appear in the same order. No. And I change them around just for variety. Oh, uh, OK, yeah. Because otherwise you just say the Keep same the thing the listeners the on the feet. Exactly, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Not on their feet, no, on their toes. Oh, uh, OK. Well, I was just changing that to keep to the listeners. I prefer to be sitting down when they're listening. <laughs> I don't uh, just not like Andre Walker. Uh, that's it for the Perry Awards. Mm. Uh, there will be more next week. Marvellous. The Perrier Awards on Talk Radio. Talk Radio across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio.